Is your organization prepared for a cyber attack, a breach on your data? Really? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Stay tuned and find out more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. It's three o'clock on a Wednesday. Your organization is humming along like a well-oiled machine. Everything is working just as it should. Suddenly, the head of IT rushes into your office and announces that your organization's computer infrastructure is the subject of an attack and your data files are in fact being hacked. Your heart sinks as you realize the magnitude of what you now face. Over the coming days, you must deal with angry customers, negative press, and perhaps even regulators, auditors, all who are digging into how your organization was unable to thwart that attack. It's bad. It's really bad. Once the immediate dust settles and you begin the remediation of all the negative consequences for the breach, you reach out to your insurance company to discuss how they will be providing remuneration for all of the costs associated with the incident. And once you begin this process, you realize quickly that the insurance coverage you believed would cover the estimable cost of this breach were not sufficient. It's not the fault of the insurance company. Your organization failed to adequately plan for a breach and thus follow the proper procedures for prior and immediately after the breach that would trigger insurance coverage. Perhaps a mistake that could equal hundreds of thousands of lost revenue. Think you're protected from that above example? Maybe. But a thorough examination of the issues related to a data breach are worth reviewing. So let me break this down into multiple areas of review and discussion. So I'm going to separate these into different sections, starting with what you can certify is in place prior to a breach, what you do immediately upon discovery of a breach, what types and amounts of cyber coverage that you've purchased, and how to address third-party breaches. All right, let's start with what you have in place prior to any breach occurring. Now, your insurance carrier should provide you with a checklist or instructions regarding the protective elements that must be in place in order for your insurance coverage to be considered active. Now, here's some examples. And please note, this is not a comprehensive list. Your insurance partner will provide you with a comprehensive list. Here's some elements certified that you have adequate firewall and other hardware and system software in place. Demonstrate that the appropriate level of firewall monitoring is being performed. Demonstrate that the appropriate procedures are in place for any remote access to the FI's network. Demonstrate that the software updates are current. Demonstrate that virus protection is in place and up to date. All inbound emails are checked for malware and endpoint detection. Certify that multi-factor authentication is enabled and required if it is required. 
demonstrate that employee devices are adequately controlled by IT and covered by corporate level usage rules and virus protection. Certify that commercially reasonable procedures as outlined by any regulators for any customer facing applications are in place and followed. Now, as soon as you encounter a breach, there are multiple things that need to be implemented right away. First and foremost, you must have a detailed incident response plan. Think just for a moment. Could you put your hands on your incident response plan right now? I mean, right this second? If not, then you and your organization are truly not prepared for a cyber breach. The incident response plan will spell out all the elements that are highlighted in this article and much more. It's critically important that you not only have a comprehensive incident plan, but that you ensure that everyone will act in sync according to that plan should a breach occur. Now, the list I'm about to give you is also not comprehensive, but the types of items that your incident response plan should cover. Now, note, you should regularly drill on the incident response plan in the same way that you drill for any other kind of disaster or continuity planning. So consider these elements. A hotline for calls is immediately established and individuals who are trained to answer questions related to the breach are handling those calls. As word gets out, customers will be calling. And this is the main reason to have this call team assembled and trained to reassure your customers. Immediate and proactive public relations, PR, for all stakeholders is critical. Do you want someone unprepared to have a reporter stick a microphone in their face and start asking questions? Uh, for that matter, are you prepared to have a microphone stuck in your face? It might not be a bad idea to get some PR training on handling a breach or disaster situation for that very reason. Have a designated spokesperson assigned and direct all inquiries to that person. Now, you probably would assume that your head of IT would be handling the investigation, but it is a good idea to designate a team of individuals that will include non-IT staff as well as perhaps outside consultants to provide forensic analysis of the breach. Don't guess about what happened. Know what happened. Now, you'll further need to assess if whatever technical remediation you have implemented is actually working, does it fix the problem? This might also necessitate your bringing in outside expertise to so certify, as customers may want to hear that somebody outside your organization has examined your fix and declares that it's working. Now, you need to assign a team to provide external communications to the affected stakeholders. Now, this represents your outbound communication about the breach and is primarily directed to affected customers. Do you have pro forma emails, letters, or other relevant communication already written that can be quickly modified to adjust the specifics of an actual breach? Who is responsible for ensuring that external communication is properly executed? Now note, you should consider how you're going to communicate to customers not affected by the breach. If it's public knowledge that there's a breach, but you don't speak to unaffected customers, they will assume that they were affected and you just ignored them. Um, don't do that. Now, say the breach is one where your data is encrypted and there's a ransom demand. Do you have somebody designated to negotiate on that specific situation? You can say you will never negotiate with somebody who has kidnapped your data, 
But we've seen recent examples of companies who did pay the ransom in order to retrieve their data. Now, this is another area where experience matters, and your insurance company should be able to provide a resource to negotiate on your behalf. Whatever you do, contact your insurance carrier immediately. Communication early with your insurer will enable them to effectively assist you in all remediation steps. Again, I'm sharing this data with you. These are points to think about. If, if, you, if you're listening to this and you go, I don't have all this together, then you need to go check it out. But I just want to reemphasize that I'm not giving you a comprehensive list. There may be more. But by sitting down with your insurer, you can form a specific plan to ensure that your organization has in place the systems and processes to avoid a breach. And the same diligence prior to a breach will ensure that, God forbid, should a breach occur, that you will qualify for the reimbursements that are a part of your insurance coverage. So the type of insurance you purchase is critical as are the policy limits. So here's some factors for you to consider in that vein as well. What is the total annual limit for a ransomware event? What coverage exists for reissuance of any type of cards, remote access devices, or the public relations for both proactive and post-release? Will you discover that all of this comes out of the total limit afforded for cyber protection or is there a separate limit that will protect your organization? Any other breach responsibilities that your insurance agent would document for you. So having this detailed conversation with your insurer is critical to making sure there are no stone unturned related to your pre-breach activities that then aligns with your insurance coverage. Now, this last point is about a dependent Vendor. What, what is a dependent vendor? And, and what if they're breached and then that breach affects your organization or your customers, right? So this is some other entity, not you, but you're tied in with them. You have a connection with them. You might have computer systems that interact. Anything where a third party now has a breach that indirectly or directly affects you. What are the specifics of your cyber insurance coverage as it relates to a third party with whom you do business. What if there are limits, what if any are limits different than what it would cost you to incur to remediate that third party breach versus, versus your breach? Or is it possible that the policy you have doesn't even cover a third party breach at all? In today's technology environment, all organizations depend on third party vendors and partners that may have access to non-public information. So, all of this begs the question, do you have the right insurance partner? You need an organization that will work collaboratively with you to craft a specific cybersecurity plan that includes pre-breach, proactive elements, as well as a systemic and comprehensive set of resources of assistance to you and your organization in the case of a breach. And maybe, maybe you feel confident that your current insurer is that partner, but don't guess your overall cyber program should be at the forefront of any kind of periodic insurance review. Comparisons of coverage options and a thorough review of any current cyber deficiencies are the fiduciary responsibility of any board of directors for any company. And it certainly should be top of mind for company management. Now it's possible that your organization, you've just been simply checking a box regarding your cyber coverage and quite candidly, 
<laughs> many of the people who audit and, and, and check on your organization do the same thing. They just check the box. Oh, yeah, they got cyber insurance. But without asking these tough questions about whether or not your organization can withstand a storm that a breach delivers and whether insurance limits that can at least provide peace of mind and avoid the losses associated with a breach event. It's really, really important. Now, shameless plug, in 2016, I wrote a book called Grounded. And in that book, I outlined steps companies can do to prepare to avoid or remediate a disaster. If you want to check that book out, you can get it at davidpeterson.com slash bookstore. Thank you. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.